Hi guys, welcome to today's podcast. Um, this podcast is going to be a series um, and they'll be having different episodes of this series because it's a, it's a broad topic. And um, the topic is going to be spiritual living. How as Christians or born again believers, as regenerated children of God, how to grow spiritually um, will be the core of it and then we'll be digging in looking back to Genesis and then looking through the scripture how God defines man and so with um, without taking much of your time I'll start with um, start off with the topic spiritual living so the first thing is that um, there's a secular concept that man is dualistic um, when I mean secular concept I mean um, the worldly concept of man of what man embodies and when i mean man i mean both male and female um permit me to use that binary word man so the secular concept that man is dualistic meaning that man is a soul and a body that's literally what man is in terms of the embodiment of man um there is some truth to this nevertheless it is inaccurate because it's a concept for man man man's concept is always limited based to the revelation that he has and it's important to say that apart from God's revelation, no concept is dependable um, because God is the source of life. God is the creator of life. So our concept of man should come from the one who's created life. But let's go, go into the scriptures and see what man, what God, how God describes man. If the world, if the secular concept of man is dualistic, what is the concept of man by God's standards? So in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23, and I read, it says now, May the peace of God himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul speaking. So straight away we see that the word of God does not divide man into two parts. It rather treats man as a tripartite being. So meaning that man has a spirit, has a soul and has a body. So according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Apostle speaking here says that how is a person wholly sanctified? He said by his spirit, by his soul, and by body being kept. From this, we can easily understand that the whole person comprises these three parts. Again, um, we look at Hebrews 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12, and I read that it says that for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul a separate entity the spirit separate entity and of the joints and marrow which represents the body so the we see again in hebrews 4 12 that the body and the the bible um, divides man into three parts talks about the soul talks about the spirit and talks about the and talks about the body and why is this important Understanding this is a, is important because it's a, it's a, um, understanding is a, is a matter of supreme importance because it affects tremendously the spiritual life of a believer. If a believer cannot um, or a child of God cannot distinguish what is from his spirit or what is from his soul or what is from his body, he may find spiritual growing growing spiritually difficult. And um, spiritual knowledge is very important to spiritual life. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will grant us the experience of dividing. Of the spirit and of the soul and being able to tell the difference and so now we go um, in going back to the core basis of it we go to the beginning in Genesis 2 7 the creation of man 
Bible says in Genesis 2 verse 7 that and God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. Man then became a living soul. So the first thing we pick out is that God first created man from the dust of the ground, which is the body, was created and molded from the dust of the ground. And after that was done, to give life to that body, he breathed the breath of life that of and that became man's spirit. We must remember that God is a spirit. So when God said to Jesus and said to the Holy Spirit, let us create man in our own image and according to our own likeness, God was referring to man as a spirit was saying let us create man as ourselves because God is a spirit Bible says in the book of John that um, they that worship God God is a spirit they that worship God must worship in him truth and in spirit so when God said let's create man in our own image he was referring to let's create man the spirit so God was creating the spirit that that's what God was literally referring to that let's create man in our own image so God created man as a spirit so man is a spirit regardless of the fact that he has a soul and lives in the body but man it's first of all the essence of man is is in the spirit and that's why it is impossible for man to die because the spirit cannot die so let's go on and it says as soon as the breath of life um, as soon as that breath of life that God breathed into man came in contact with this with man's body which was lifeless which had nothing which was which was which was dead the soul was produced so in essence the soul is a product of the spirit coming in contact with the body the scripture therefore calls man a living soul as a result of that because the spirit comes in contact with this body and they and they consummate and then give us the soul and just to clarify we must not confuse it is important to clarify that we must not confuse man's spirit with God's Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 verse 16, it says, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So the Spirit that bears witness with our spirit is the Holy Spirit bears witness with our human spirit. So our human spirit is different from the Holy Spirit, which, and that demonstrates, the Romans 8 16 demonstrate that difference. So um, just to go deeper a little bit, the word life in breath of life in Genesis 2 verse 7. So the Bible says that God... God formed man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. That life there, the Hebrew word for that life there is che. The Hebrew word for that for that life there is che. And it is plural in essence. It's not a singular. It's not singular. So my belief is that um, the reason why the Bible God uses or the Bible uses plural is that the breathing of God produces twofold life. It produced the soul life with me and became a living soul and kept the essence of the life, which is the spirit, the human spirit. So just to recap that man, God formed man from the dust of the ground, refreshed to man's body, um, breathed into his nostril the breath of life, which became man's spirit. And because it's a plural word, man became a living soul, according to the Bible, refers to man's soul when the body was quickened by the spirit so therefore man is man so therefore a complete man is a trinity and which makes sense because god himself is god the father god the son god is the holy spirit and he's created us in his own image so just to give an illustration which is which kind of gives an essence to what i'm trying to say is that if you if you take water and you take dye and you drop a dye into a cup of water that dye and the water will blend into a thought substance called an ink. The ink has an element of water, but you cannot refer to the ink as water anymore. It is ink. The ink has an element of dye, but you cannot refer to the ink as dye because it is ink. Even though it is created from the water coming in contact with the dye, but it has formed its own substance, its own 
his own property now from being an ink which is different from the water even though it's from the source of water and from the source of source of dye so it's just an idea of what I, you know in terms of how the spirit and the body came to form the the soul is that the soul contains elements of the spirit contains element of the body but yet it is independent it has its own characteristics in terms of what it is so we're just going to look at um, the respective the respective um, functions of the spirit soul and body so i would say first that the soul is the site of man's personality that's where the it's important to know that that's where the will your volition that's where the mind in terms of intelligence and then the emotions those three things emanate from the soul and that's where your self-consciousness comes from that that that's what makes man man your will your ability to make decisions your intellect your mind your ability to think reason logic and your emotions your ability to feel and to relate so in breaking this down we see that it is through the body that man comes in contact with the material world hence why the bible ends where we label the body as part of that part of the human that gives us word consciousness and there's a lot of the bible referencing the body to lust and we'll go into that as well because that's where the man feels and the bible talks about the sins of the flesh the sins of the of the body you know putting your members into into subjugation but we're going deeper into that as we go on and the soul comprises our intellect like we said our mind and emotions and since the soul belongs to man's own self and reveals his personalities, it is then the, the part of self-consciousness. So that's why we are self-aware of ourselves. That's why we are self-aware of our intelligence, our emotions, because that's what we feel. So the soul is where we have the self-consciousness. While the spirit is the part which we commune with God, by which we alone worship him, apprehend him and worship him as well. And because it tells of our relationship with God, the spirit is called the element of our God consciousness. That's why we are conscious of God. That's why we know that's where God dwells and that's where we feel God if you know what I mean so God dwells in our spirit self dwells in our soul while the senses dwell in our body if that makes sense um, so our soul is important because it is the meeting point of the spirit and the body um, by the spirit we are in touch with the spirit world and by our body we are in touch with the physical world the soul, our soul stands between these two worlds and belongs to both at the same time it is linked with the spiritual world through the spirit because our spirit is communication with the spirit. Our soul is in communication with the spirit as well as the body and it is linked with the physical world through the body. So the work that the soul does is to keep these two in their right order so that they may not lose their right fellowship. So that when God created man, God created that the spirit will be supreme, which it is. The soul will be next and then the body is the lowest of them all. So, and the spirit would receive from god transmit that to the soul and the soul will transmit that to the body and then the body will obey the command of god that is that is god's initial that is god's initial attempt that's god's initial idea that's god how god created man that was god's idea of creating man in terms of this is how i want man's human as you how, how man to operate is that my spirit will be in contact with me and then you should remember that this order changed because man fell if you remember god told um, adam he said that um this fruit in the day that you eat of this fruit you shall surely die when god said that to Abraham, adam he didn't adam didn't die after the ate of the fruit he lived for 100 and something years for 500 and something years i think but what god was saying to him in that is that when you shall surely die is that your spirit will die and that's why Abraham Adam lost communication with God because his spirit man died 
And when his spirit died, his spirit, which is where God dwells, which is where he is in communication with God, that order was lost. Then the soul took over. Then the body took over and the order was lost. Instead of, instead of the body now to depend on what the spirit is listening to from God, started to be depend on what he, was, what he saw materially. And, and also, and that subsequently led to the fall of the soul and all of that. So, um, and that order was, and that order was lost and we'll get into how Christ restored that order and why it is important to keep that order that way. <clears throat> so just to recap that before the fall of man, the spirit controlled the world being through the soul. It is important um, to know that the soul is the pivot of the entire being. So it's the pivot because man's will, man's volition belongs to the soul. That's where the, the we, our will belongs to. That's where our will is. So it is it is only when the soul is willing to assume a humble position that the spirit can ever manage the old man. If the soul rebels against the, rebels against the spirit, taking the position of the spirit, the spirit is powerless to rule. And this explains why, and this explains what the Bible refers or what we refer to as the free will of man, that man has a free will because it is in the soul that the will dwells and man is able to make that decision whether to follow God or whether to follow the devil. So man is not, we are not an automation machine that turns out according to God's will. Rather, we have our own sovereign power to decide for ourselves. So we can either choose to follow God's will or resist him um, and follow Satan instead like we saw in the garden like, we, like I explained previously. In the view of this fact, uh, the soul possesses such power is why the Bible calls man a living soul because of the power, the, the power of the will to decide this. And we'll look at now how man is being compared to the temple in terms of proving this point that man is a spirit as a soul and living a body. We remember in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul compares man to a temple. He says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are God's temple and the spirit of God dwells in you? There's a revelation to do because why does Paul compare man to a temple? So we, for us to understand that, we have to go back to the Old Testament. Um, in the Old Testament, God formally dwells in the old, in temples in the Old Testament, just the same way the Holy Spirit dwells in us today. By by Paul comparing man to a temple, it reveals the tripartite element of man. It reveals the Trinity aspect of man. Um, we look to the Old Testament, we see that we know the temple is divided into three parts. The first is the, is the Alpha Court. The first is the Alpha Court. The first is the Alpha Court, which is seen by all and visited by all. All external worship is offered here. Um, the second is the Holy Place. The only pla- Holy Place. H O L Y holy place into which the priest can enter where the present oil where the present oil where incense and bread are offered to god they are quite near to god but yet not the nearest because they are still outside of the veil and then the third is the holies of the holies where god dwells where darkness is overshadowed by brilliant light and by brilliant light and into which no man can enter though the high priest does enter once annually and that's i'm talking from the perspective of the old testament the same way man is god's temple also man has three parts also the body is like the outer court which is why paul compared us to a temple the body is like the outer court the body is like the uh, the 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 body is like the alpha cut with its life visible to all 
the soul is like the only place it constitutes the inner life of man which embraces his emotion will and mind and then the third which is the human spirit is the holies of holies which is where god dwells the secret place the most high here man is united and communes with god no light is provided for the holies of holies because here god is the light himself which makes a lot of sense because if you think about it back then the priest depends on what he hears in the holies of holies it is what happens it is the holies of holies that controls what happens in the holy place and then that goes on to control what happens in the outer court even though when man when you look at it literally you think that oh it is what is happening because most of people have only access to the outer court back in the old testament you will think that it is the activities of the outer court that determines what happens in the holy place and then what happens in the holy place determines what happens in the inner court no actually the sacrifices that they offer in the holy places and the activities that they do in the outer court it depends on what the priest hears when he goes into the holies of holies annually so and that's how god has created us in terms of that we should hear it is what we hear in our spirit that we that our spirit man hears from god that our spirit man communes with god because it's the place of worship that we then transmit to our soul which has the will to decide and choose or oh, am i going to transmit this am i going to obey what god has said here and then transmit this to our body and then choose to obey god so it is important for us to to know this these elements and how they function because this long in it goes a long way to influence how we live our spiritual lives because what has happened is sometimes we mix we mix our thoughts with the thought of god we mix our what is coming from our soul which is where our thought is our mind is our will and emotions is we mix we mix that up to we mix we mix that up sometimes to mean that it is god talking to us meanwhile sometimes it's just our soul exercising its emotions sometimes it's our soul exercising its mind the ability to think sometimes being logical sometimes our our soul just um, exercising its will but it takes a lot for us to realize that wait a minute this is coming from my soul i have to recognize what is coming from my body and recognize what is what is coming from my spirit and it is in recognizing this that we that if we properly properly separate them we would be able to hear god clearly and that's why hebrews 8 hebrews 4 verse 12 is important if you if you remember when we read it, it said for the word of god is living and powerful which is what god does when we are when our minds are being renewed and sharper than any edge any um, two-edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul the spirit and the joints and the marrow because what what the fall of man did was that the spirit has taken on the character the, the soul took on the characteristics and the function of the spirit the position of the spirit and we it's become so mixed up that sometimes you don't know the difference and the same with the body so what by god is what hebrew 4 12 is saying that the word of god is the one that is able to separate the soul separate the spirit and separate the body so that they are in their proper order so that we can hear what god is saying in the spirit and we're not mixing it up in any way so um and i just wanted to deal with that today just being able to describe that you know very very important so in rounding up um is that remember man is a spirit he has a soul and lives in the body and that the function of the spirit is communion conscience and intuition the function of the soul is the will the emotions 
and then your mind the intellect that's where those functions come from it's important to separate that um and on our next our next podcast we'll be going we'll be delving deeper into the fall of man salvation and all the rest of it and how this plays a part in 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 what god has done um thank you for joining us in today's podcast i hope that you've been blessed by um today's podcast and uh, the next podcast will be will be out next week saturday the same time um stay blessed um love you um, love from christ and this is the word and worship and word fellowship bye bye